and welcome to Considerable Thought, the one and only Care Church podcast, for now at least. I am one of your hosts and producer, Jaron Brandt, alongside my friend, my colleague, the Texas toddler, Drew Gaylor. <laughs> Well, yeah, so this is your last nickname, and you go with Texas Toddler, so... This is why, this is why, though. We had a we had a conversation, I, I feel like I've had this conversation with you multiple times, but most recently, about uh, how, how long you have lived in different places in your life, and you want to share with the listeners where you're at right now, and your, the history of uh, Drew Gaylor's home. Yes, so, uh, and, he, and I'm going to change your name, you get me in just a second, but yeah, so as of August of this coming summer i will have lived in texas longer than any other state um it's currently like sometime early august it'll tie with georgia and then by the end of august it'll it'll pass georgia and so which will be i will have lived here uh 13 years so actually you should say texas teenager but that's we'll quibble about that later dang yeah you're right because i wanted the other t noise yes 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 so it's 13 years but in my mind you're kind of not you're not a texan until you've lived there the longest does that make sense so like that's that's a conversation we've had is like oh come august i will be or you you will feel like a true texan so really the thing i was debating between was between texas toddler because had the the alliteration that I'm right. fond of, right? But I was thinking about like Texas embryo was my other idea. Like you're wow. this, you're this close to being born a Texan, to be considered a Texan, right? Exactly. Not born and raised Texan, but a Texan. Not born and raised Texan, right? right. I, like I say that about myself. Yes, proudly and my wife does as, as well. It's a qualifier to born and raised. It's to differentiate yourself from everyone else because you can yeah. be born a Texan or you could be raised a Texan. But, but to be born, born and raised, raised that's a big deal. You're a special quality you don't of person. That, yeah. yeah. So, this, but I shared this with staff, and I was asked, "Well, are you counting some of those as college years?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, because yes. you, if you're in college in a state, you're residing in a oh, state." I've, yeah, I, I always say that I lived, I lived in San Antonio, then right. I lived in Oklahoma, and now I live in uh, Dallas area in Richardson. Right. So August, I'll be have lived longer in Texas than any other place. I'm looking forward to it. What's funny is uh, we, we were talking. You spent your college years in Abilene, Texas, right? And so we, I, someone had said this, or maybe it was even you, that like if I lived four years in Abilene, if anything, that should be counted as double. Probably like, double. I get, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> you, you're in West Texas, and, <laughs> That's right. and and there's literally nothing around you for like hundreds of miles. It seems like when you're in West Texas. So yeah, yeah all my Texas years were in cities. Right. Like, I mean, pretty big cities, and especially when people think. Oh, this born and raised Texan, you know, the idea is boots, horses, ranches. Right. And you were closer to that in Abilene than I ever was really where I grew up and, and where I am Yeah, now. in Abilene, you, you ride, I rode a horse to class. I yeah, everyone I did. ride a bike or anything. It's just a horse. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the Texas toddler, it was, it was the, it's, I put on my notes here, it's the last nickname. I don't, I don't see me continuing this into season two. Just letting you know, I'm letting you and the listeners know. So if you want to have, you know, highlights of the best nicknames, now's the time to go back and revisit them. This was a callback in my mind. So I think the first nickname I ever gave you, do you remember it at all? No. I think it was the Gentle Georgian Giant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first one, which I really loved that one. And so this is kind of like, well, we got to put that to rest. Come August, post, uh, you know, post-summer. Season two comes and you'll be you'll be a Texan officially. That's right. So I'm looking forward to it. So this is the uh, season finale of our first ever season of Considerable Thought. 
we're ending it with episode 18 and uh you know kind of this show is able to go and buy cigarettes now and, and that and vote right and vote is it 18 yeah yeah okay <laughs> I just questioned myself as I said it. So. Yeah, we can so. we can vote and then smoke afterwards. Okay, that's and so that's a big deal, and it's time to time to move on. So we're sp- responsible enough to vote, but not responsible enough to consume alcohol. That's correct. Okay, yeah, and we'll never get there because season two will will land, and then <laughs> okay, <laughs> you'll we'll never be drinking on this show. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, this is uh, the the last episode of this season. It's been a, really a, a fun adventure for the two of us. Before we we move on into kind of our normal segment, we're going to finish up our first John series with this episode. I figured it'd be kind of fun to look back at season one. Is there anything, Drew, that sticks out? We have not prepared to talk about this at all. <laughs> right. but is there anything that sticks out from the last season that we just want to kind of Take a stroll down memory lane for a little bit before we move on. <laughs> so a couple of thoughts. One is my I'm the kind of person, which there's probably a lot of people this way. Whenever I've done something, I'm, I'm already focused on the next. So you, mm. if you ask me what what do you remember about doing this podcast, not much. <laughs> and so like once I've once we complete it, you know, I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And so yeah. um, but I do remember one of the things I think about is how it's evolved from kind yes. of how we started doing it and how we're currently doing it, which I like. Uh, how it's evolved. It's more natural. We, we're just talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, not that it wasn't at the beginning. No, but, no, no. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Keep going. Yeah. But, uh, and then also just enjoy doing the podcast. Like that, more than anything else, I just, it's uh, good memories of actually doing this together. And so we've joked with other people before about um, whenever we're together, you could just put a microphone and it could become a podcast. And so I feel yeah. like the last several episodes have been more like that. It's just us talking. So. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the first thing that came to my mind is, like you said, evolution. There's a few things that stick out to me about our first few episodes. I was talking to someone in our church recently, and they were telling me about like, hey, I'm just now getting into the podcast and I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, oh, that's great. Did you listen to the most recent episode? Because the way that we do this podcast, it makes the most sense in my mind to almost go backwards like yeah. start with the most recent because that's what you're going to be interacting with on sunday you might even jump in during the current series that we're in right. at church it just makes sense but no but they had said no 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 i gotta start from the beginning like we have like running jokes that go throughout the whole thing which i guess yeah we, there's not really many there's the nicknames and that's about it well there's Wouldn't a few say? things that like you would always give uh, stars updates oh that's right that's you funny. know there are a few things we did that kind of carried over multiple episodes but But anyway they were telling me like yeah i'm starting with the first one and i was like no please don't do that (laughs) you know like i would love to just kind of chalk up the first three or four to learning which exactly which we did in a lot of ways but those first four episodes five i don't know how many episodes it was we've done 18 which is crazy to me because that's 18 weeks yeah and so i remember you you posting one and so maybe that's where you felt like we finally have figured out how to do it well. Like that's right. So if yeah. I go back on my yeah, if I go back on my Facebook feed and I find the the episode that I had shared with my Facebook friends, that's probably when I felt like we had we had right. arrived. So somewhere eight to ten, and that, that was that like range. I think it was like twelve, maybe twelve. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but even before then, we'd gotten yeah. there. But the the first four episodes, these are the things I remember. One is we weren't in this room. We're in an upstairs room right now. Oh, I forgot about that. The first few were in your we office. We were in my office and with I, no light. And I had one little lamp on and you had you were just looked you looked like you were in like a tiny house. 
Yeah, you, you know? had me sitting on a van seat in your office. I didn't have you sitting and, on the van seat. And I, the microphone was on the smallest table you can ever imagine. Like the only thing that could fit on the table was the microphone. <laughs> and so I'm holding all the you know these notes from the text. And I had a things. clipboard, so right. I felt like I had some sort of table, and you didn't really have much. And so you were just like moving around, and your legs would hit the table every time you moved. Yep. And so then I had to like go in and edit out like these types of like bumps and bruises that were in the recording. Yeah, I've locked that from my memory. Yeah. The other thing, though, is in that same era, we were to a point where we we were we had a script, which we we kind of still do. It's I, I, I keep calling it a script. It's an outline, right? Uh, which just tells us how we keep on track. But to start with, it was the same type of outline, but we were very scripted. Like I remember, we would freeze a lot, and I would we'd both like look at each other and we'd be pointing and we'd be like. Okay, now you talk. Like this is your chance. Right. And then I'd stop and be like, "Oh no, 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 you go." And then we'd actually break the conversation and be like, "So, what do you want me to do next, Drew? Like, am I going? Are we wanting to go this way or that way?" Or how I forgot do about this? that. Right. So I spent. If we spent an hour recording, I spent another hour or more editing and publishing. And anyway, it was just too much. And so I'm so glad that we're at this place at the end of season one where we're going to finish this conversation and I'm pretty much just going to upload it, do some little tweaking so that the sound quality is a little bit better, find a fun picture to put on to our anchor app and then move on. And so that's a great, it's a, we're in a good place. Absolutely. So like that's, and that's how podcasts are. Like if someone, I, I listen to podcasts from different people and if someone were to say, <clears throat> cough, they leave it in. They don't edit it out. And so it's But like, I was editing it out. I know. I know. And so so part of it is you uh, not feeling like you have to edit those things out. But also the way we do it is more natural. We just interrupt if you want to talk or jump in is probably a better word. Yeah. Uh, and so. if it's awkward, it's awkward because sometimes yeah. conversations are awkward. Exactly. And that's how it goes. But yep. anyway, it's been a really fun ride. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to next season, uh, which I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to have like an off season for a little bit. Right. Uh, my off season is the summer, so we're going to be traveling a lot with student ministry. But it'll be nice to kind of take a break for a little bit. Maybe come back season two with some more energy, some more excitement, uh, yeah. maybe some some changes to our kind of our pattern. Maybe we, we yeah, shake it be up good. a little bit. And it's probably the only way the summer's an off season for you is thinking of it from a podcast perspective. No, exactly. Because every other so way, it's, it's like. <laughs> It's super intense. And so if there's any listeners out there who've listened to every single episode, let us know. Oh, yeah, that'd be we awesome. Will, we will figure out a way to you know reward you for that. Honor you Honor in front you. of the congregation. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like uh, a perfect attendance thing. You'll like, get a plaque on some, like, on the back of the stage, in the auditorium, like a big, huge plaque. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. I'd, I actually would love to hear who has is, who is stayed with us. The entire time, other than like my wife listens every week, which is really that's super sweet of her. Yes. I don't know if she even no, like, enjoys I, actually, it. Actually, she should be honored. I mean, she, yeah, she really should. Because yeah. then don't, she don't, hears, don't, don't exclude her. No, you're right. Because she yeah. hears the podcast and then she hears me talk about the podcast later. And then I'm like, hey, what'd you think of the podcast? And then I'm like, <laughs> she has to live through it right. like three times. She should get two plaques. She gets yeah. two plaques. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's get, let's treat this. Uh, like any other episode from this point on, let's have a lot of fun. Let's end with a bang. So let's start with our before Sunday for the last time in season one. Drew, would you like to start or Drew, would you like me to? Your list is a little bit longer than mine. I'll go first, then you can jump in. And so okay. I'm just going to do a couple of things. Uh, 
One, my daughter graduated from sixth grade yesterday, and uh, that was just a big thing. Can you describe a sixth grade graduation? Yeah. Because I was curious about what that would even look like. Yeah, so in Richardson, you go through elementary school, kindergarten through sixth grade, and then you go to junior high. And so um, this is the last kind of celebration of elementary school. And so uh, what they do is they just, all the students get some type of award. And so they... just whatever they're good at or whatever they're known for, whatever, you know, that some, some of the awards, like they have all these awards and the students actually vote on them. Uh, and oh, then, but okay. some students uh, maybe don't, there's anyway. So some teachers, like if students, if there's the same number of votes for a certain award, they'll make choices. Gotcha, and so gotcha. okay. um, they don't know the results of the voting. So the teachers look at the votes and figure out who gets what. Okay. Sometimes there's choices made. So anyway, they announce the, the students, kind of what they were involved with, whether it's band or art or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the award they received, and then they honor those that have A, B, uh, kind of honor roll, kind of grades, and uh, and they just have different students they honor for different reasons. Um, and so then the coolest thing, though, about this was this was different than the one we went to a few years ago for our son, but uh, the lady who's, the, I guess she does theater she, she directs the plays. She's involved with music and art and different things. But uh-huh. uh, she had the students come and stand in front of this. You've seen murals like this before on walls of like butterfly wings. Yeah. And uh, she had them come and stand however they wanted to stand and just filmed them. And so you got to see a little bit of their personality. And then she had them do something they enjoy. Like some of the kids would have a volleyball and they would hit the volleyball. Some of the kids would uh, dance. Uh, some of the kid, there's a few kids who brought a video game controller. You'll appreciate this yeah. and pretended to play, you know, Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. That's funny. And, uh, th- but they just had them do something they enjoy doing. And so there's this video, uh, that just chronicles all these students, uh, just showing a little bit of their personality. And I, I just really, uh, that was my favorite part of the ceremony was just watching that video and seeing our daughter in, in that, but then her friends and just, the different personalities, uh, the songs that were playing through that were mostly good. Uh, there's yeah. This Is Me from Greatest Showman, which I enjoyed, which made sense. Uh, yeah. as they just kind of different personalities. And then uh, they also had, uh, what's the Old Town Road, which I know you love that song. Yeah, and so, that uh, makes sense. <laughs> but then they, they played one, uh, Party in the USA, is that Miley Cyrus? Yeah, that's a great one. So when they played that one, the sixth graders moaned. What? Really? They were like, ah, I guess they were getting kind of tired of it or something. Oh, and so uh, okay. the lady who made the video was like, oh, come on. You, you love that song. <laughs> and so uh, it was pretty funny. That's but, so interesting that that's yeah. what they groaned for. Because I, I would like, those other two songs I feel like are played way more often. But maybe I right. guess it's a, what, what school is it? Uh, Arapaho Classical Arapo. Magna Elementary. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah, maybe it's just something yeah. like that school really loves Party in the USA or something oh, like okay. that. okay, right, right. Because, I, I mean, you don't hear that song very often ever. Like, when it comes on, it's like, oh, this, like, I remember this. At least that's how I... Yeah. I interact with it. Yeah. So, um, but that age, they're kind of, they know what they like and, you know, and then they don't like certain things a lot. And so, uh, but then when the, when the video started though, they were, they all remembered what they had done. And so there was this collective moan, like, oh no, we have to watch, (laughs) we have to watch ourselves do whatever it was. Yeah. And so, uh, which was also enjoyable to hear. So how long was that video? It was seven minutes. Um, and so, uh, which, they did at the end, which, you know, you're, you're, we were there like probably an hour or so. Okay. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a good ceremony. Uh, oh. So, yeah, that was, that was before. It was a good time. Uh, it's, you know, kind of crazy to have kids out, out of elementary school after being in it so long. And then yeah. uh, 
Another thing I have on here is just looking ahead a little bit. I mean, I know this is before Sunday, but just thinking you've about n- you've never been one to keep. With I don't. The, I don't with honor, the theme. honor. I don't. It's I don't, just yeah. I don't. I don't honor. At the this theme. point, it's just the name of a segment where we talk about whatever we want. Exactly. That should. That's actually what we should call it. And so, uh, but anyway, so since we're not going to be doing this for the summer, I thought I'd just look ahead for summer reading and summer like movies. What am I? You know, maybe you can jump in here oh, if there's anything you want to I, read or gladly, watch. Gladly, I will. And so, uh, one, a couple of things I'm reading. One is I saw Hamilton, the musical, for the first time uh, a few weeks ago yeah. and really enjoyed it. So, I'm reading the biography of Alexander Hamilton that inspired the musical. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, that's it's just interesting to kind of go back and, and read about his life and, and the history kind of around the beginning of our country. So, that's I'm enjoying reading that. Uh, and then there's a few other books, you know, kind of mystery type books I'm reading. Um, I'm a person who reads like 12 books at a time. Like yeah. I, I don't read one and then move on. It's like, that's just how my mind is. Yeah. And then, uh, movies, it's interesting because there's movies every summer. There's a few movies that I'm looking forward to, but this summer there's not as many, uh, there's, there's big blockbusters, supposedly movies that I'm not really that excited about. I'm not excited about X-Men, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I'm not excited about the new men in black movie. I'm yeah. not excited about Lion King. Like, Right and just it just when does that even come out? I don't know. Just sometime this summer. It maybe maybe comes out sooner than that. Okay. But anyway, uh, I am looking forward to Spider Man, uh, which I don't know what's it far away or far from home. Far from home. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. Uh, Toy Story Four is coming out. I mean those those are like I loved every one of those. So yeah. I'm looking forward to. That. So there are a few I'm looking forward to, but mostly the summer movies are just I feel like they're going to be disappointments. Post Endgame, it's just like, what are you? Why even go to the movies anymore? Right, that's true. Yeah, what matters? Yeah, <laughs> what matters? No, I, I think I agree with you. Toy Story Four is the only one that really sticks out to me. Is like, I really still want to see that movie, even though I never like, I we didn't need it. Like, I don't think anyone needed it. No, yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, the story was complete at three. I feel like. And I told, I think I told you and our listeners, I was trying to get to Endgame to get to the Spider Man trailer. Oh well, yeah. Well, I got to the Spider Man trailer. And now you're not excited? And now I'm not excited, which is uh, so frustrating to me because I I don't know. There's just something about Spider-Man is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And so the whole idea of Far From Home is not appealing to me. So now he's he's going out of his neighborhood. Yeah. Right. And he's it seems like they're setting him up to kind of take on this kind of bigger worldwide, worldwide role. That's right. hard to say. That is really hard to say. Yeah. Worldwide role. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. But yeah, so it's bigger. His neighborhood's becoming larger. And that's and that's a pro yeah I don't know I just I, I'm excited to see Jake Gyllenhaal I say like, he Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio may redeem it a little bit we'll see yeah so no I'm with you um, I was I wanted to comment quickly about your reading like twelve books at a time how does that work out uh, like practically like how, how do you actually read twelve books at a time like you have the book that's by your bed, you have the book that's in your office, you have the book that's in the bathroom, you have the book that's in the car. Like how how are you? Why well, are you reading twelve I've, books at a time? Yeah, I no longer read in the bathroom, so let's take that off the list. Okay, you know, well, <laughs> I used to, not anymore. So, uh, but so there's a few on my Kindle, and so I'll read like if I'm reading at night or whenever, uh, I'll read a chapter, and then I'll, I'll want to read a chapter from a different book. I, I there's some books I I just now if it's a really like a, a page turner. I may keep going in that same book, yeah. um, but I'll read a chapter from, say, the biography of Hamilton. Then I'll switch to read a chapter of another book, and I'll read in the same reading time like three or four books. I also listen to books as I drive, and so that's another way I right. I, I read. Yeah. Um, and so, but the same thing, I'll listen to maybe a chapter, and then I'll switch to another book. 
So there's at least three or four books I'm listening to and three or four books that I'm reading on Kindle and then a few other books I'm reading like at work for that connect with the series I'm doing or one of those things. And so that's how I'll get to 12. Yeah, so uh, the reason I ask is because, like, so I'm a big comic book reader. I still keep up with lots of different series. And so serialized storytelling is something that I've always been a fan of. And it's funny because I, I got into comics just because I was in high school and I was like, oh, this thing is a really cool thing is happening. It's actually on the news. Like all these, you know, it was just like a big kind of marketing push from uh, the DC publication. And so I said, okay, I'm going to get into this. And started reading it, and it was just a lot of fun because it was a whole new world for me. And then in college, uh, one of my classes was over uh, – it was a literature class, an English class, and they had us read Tale of Two Cities, which is interesting because I think in, co- in high school, lots of students had already read Tale of Two Cities. Okay. But in college, our professor really wanted us to read it again or maybe for the first time. For me, it was the first time, and I was, like, really fascinated by it. Like, some people really don't like that book, and I was, like, really into it. And I was like, why is this so interesting to me? Like, why is this capturing kind of what I really like about storytelling? And then I realized, oh, it's because it was serialized back in the day. Like, it was put in magazines or newspapers. And it was like, okay, here's this chapter. And then you're going to have to wait another month or week or whatever to get the next chapter. And so when you read it all at once, it's kind of like picking up an issue, reading a chapter, putting it down, then picking up a different thing and putting it up. So in a way, I have, I don't read 12 books at a time, but I always have like, 20 storylines happening in my mind just because everything's serialized so i have to go anyway so i was just wondering how does that work with actual books versus these little tiny almost chapters that you're reading when you pick up an issue but you do it kind of the same way i do just with a bigger collection yeah so anyway interesting it is interesting that means what i'm trying to say is you would love comics and you should start reading some yes uh, i do need to start doing that and and one of the students in the video of the graduation when they stood in that front of that mural yeah. Read a comic book. Oh, that's awesome. It's to demonstrate this is what I love. So, yeah. you what was he reading? Do you know? Uh, it didn't, she, it didn't get she. in close enough for us to see. And we were far from the screen, too. So, maybe if they sent us the video, I could tell you. But yeah. from where I was sitting and where the camera was, I couldn't really tell. Yeah. Let me know. I will. Okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll find out. Okay. So, uh, for me, a quick story. I had mentioned, I've mentioned my dog, Moose, on this podcast a few times. That's a recurring storyline. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't know the last time I mentioned him and why, whether it was positive or negative. I don't remember. Uh, But I'd mentioned him, and this I wanted to share a little bit that uh, my recent installment into the Moose Saga is a negative one. Um, He he has always struggled with some sort of like anxiety when we leave, and we always thought, oh, he just loves us so much that he's just sad. And then we'd watch, you know, when he gets sad, we kind of laugh and we, you know, we just think it's kind of cute because. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, like, you're like, oh, he really loves us. Like he misses okay. us or whatever. Gotcha. So it's just kind of endearing. Um, but we found out recently that it's like really, really bad because we've gotten a camera that we can watch him when we're gone. And it looks like he's an insane dog. Like he's just out of his mind. Like he should be put in an asylum. And so we have this. Like, Maybe it's because you're laughing at him when he's sad. Maybe that's what's <laughs> Maybe. But, like, you look at the, the list of uh, things for, do- like, separation anxiety in dogs, and it says, if your dog has a few of these, he probably struggles with separation anxiety. And Moose has every single one of them. Wow. Like, to the extreme. And so we watch him, and, like, he's in this metal crate right now. It used to be in a plastic one, but he had dug, he'd been biting through the top of the plastic one where you could see teeth marks coming out of the top. And there's, like, dried blood on some of these things. So it's wow. like he's yeah. he's doing – this is not good. This isn't healthy. So we take that away and we get him a bigger crate 
where maybe it just doesn't feel as claustrophobic and it's a metal crate and we come home and the metal is bent like you imagine people break like you know someone really strong breaking out of prison and they take the two bars and they separate them like really far away and then they walk through it that's how his crate was like but all these different ones were bent together he just take his his mouth and bite so hard that he bent the metal in on itself wow then we caught him on video he would put his paws through the metal and pull like you could see his muscles in his back pulling instead of pushing pulling and he made the cage fall in on himself he then got out and then destroyed like things in the house and I couldn't do it because I was gone. Like, I couldn't do anything about it. I was gone. I was just watching it happen and watching him run amok. So you saw him actually break out. I saw him out. do it, yes. And I was like, how is this even possible? And so we had to put the cage back together. I, it's just, it's That's, unbelievable. Wow. So this, it all kind of came to, a, uh, you know, a culmination before, uh, the, or this last Saturday. I had some friends over and we went to go out to eat. Well, Moose hates it when you leave twice in one day. So right now I'm, you know, at work. He's fine. He's probably sleeping. He's fine. But if I come home for lunch or if I go home for lunch and then leave again, that's when he goes crazy. Because like mm-hmm. you get one, you can leave one once a but day not for twice. Me. Not twice. Yeah. That's not okay. So uh, we left twice. My friends were over. They were visiting from Oklahoma. And everything seemed fine. And we came home and I opened the door and I hear crying, which is normal because he just wants us to get home. And I round the corner and I just see like this black confetti just on the ground surrounding the cage then i see pieces of clothing looking like they're glued to different parts of the crate and then inside the crate there is an entire pair of pants that are just inside the crate with moose that are torn up what happened was he there was my friend nick his bag nick actually who who helped put together the the theme for our for our podcast oh yeah his bag was a few inches away from the, not touching the crate, like actually probably five or six inches away. What Moose had done is he had put his arm out, grabbed the grabbed the bag, and like pawed it toward himself. Then what he would do is he would bite through the cage a little piece of bag, tear it off, and then spit it out. Then another piece, tear it off, spit it out, until the whole bag was confetti. Then there's just clothes on the floor. Then you take a, a, a piece of clothing, chew it up, spit it out, Somehow he got the entire pair of pants, like he just like pulled it through. I don't understand how he did it. Anyway, it was that, it was all of my friend's favorite clothing. It was all destroyed and he had nothing for the weekend. Anyway, it was like, this is a, this is a problem. So we ended wow. up going shopping, spent like $150 on clothes because it was like all my friends, like not, he's like a, I would call him a hype beast, you know, like he wears nice clothing. It's like these like retro Nike type stuff. Gotcha. So I was, I just felt terrible. And so we just went shopping on saturday and it's like immediately my dog cost me like two hundred dollars like that because it was all of his clothing all the bags and things like that and then now we have like medication for him so that he doesn't doesn't do this again yeah man you could i mean so there's uh the famous kind of i guess stories of a dog that became a movie called marley and me a lot of similar type stories of how marley would go crazy and tear up their house so you're maybe onto something moose and me (laughs) you could share some stories because this is like legendary it's yeah. it's uh it's rough yeah well it's, hope the medicine works yeah me uh, yeah we'll see me too he's a t- he's a tiny dog so it's always like you have to like give him half of the medicine because it'll like mm. destroy him but yeah anyway that's that's kind of been my week is trying to figure out how can we how can we let moose be uh, a little bit more normal a little bit more confident that right. we're not going to leave him 
I have lots of moose stories. Uh, they'll it'll come back. Season two, moose, moose will return. A moose update. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough for that. Let's get into uh, our the last installment of the Sunday series. We're in a First John study here at Care Church, and we are going to be entering into uh, chapter five of First John to kind of close out this series. A series that's called In Search of Life. So Drew, as always, a quick reminder of what is, what are we, what's in search of life? Why is this our theme for 1 John? Well, what kind of life we're living is so important to, to 1 John and reminding us of that uh, our life is one that is everlasting, eternal, um, especially as we believe in, in, in Christ and live out the commands of God. And so um, in search of life is just a way of kind of naming our own search you know we're, we're still searching for life in the universe we're searching for life everywhere really but also in our own life what makes life meaningful and matter uh, we know that our time is finite and uh we're not going to live forever on earth but uh just thinking through what makes life matter is is why we named this series and so the title for this week is keeping time uh and again this idea of life is eternal and uh how do we how do we keep time how do we keep track of when we are um, as we go through life as people of faith. Um, and so that's where 1 John 5 is going to help us with. Absolutely. I'm going to read 1 John uh, 5, just the first eight verses. Uh, Drew, your sermon on Sunday will kind of be covering the entirety of chapter 5 in a way, just to close out 1 John. Right. But uh, just for the sake of this podcast and the sake of the conversations that we're going to have on Sunday, I'm just going to read the first eight verses of 1 John chapter 5. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Drew, go ahead and and kind of walk us through the beats of this uh, this passage and this finale for First John, yeah, that's a good way to say it to the beats, the rhythm. And so, as we think about keeping time, and um, and one of the ways we think about it is just staying in rhythm. Uh, I did that on purpose. Yeah, by the way. that was good. I no. thought I thought you. Meant I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, no, okay. which is oh, funny. I okay. we've had this conversation, but it just about the it was yeah. subliminal. Okay, well, subconscious. That's good. And so you think about how we actually keep time, and so we talked about this, and and uh, and you gave you had the idea of thinking of a metronome, which kind of kind of just this way of keeping the beat, keeping time as you play music. And so as you think about that kind of, uh, I guess, illustration or analogy or metaphor, uh, what this passage does for us is helps us keep time. What is our metronome? What is our kind of beat? And that's uh, talked about here. One On one level, it's keeping commands. So as we think about how we stay in step with the Spirit, you know, or last summer your theme, as you shared uh, with the student ministry, was in sync. Um, yeah. Right. Staying in sync, not the band in sync. Right. Uh, which, which is actually why it was actually sync in. Oh, because, sync in. That's right. Because we knew if we said in sync, that would sync in. Yeah. people would be singing. 
Absolutely. People, exactly. you know, the, the middle school students or the elementary school di- students at your daughter's school would be groaning at NSYNC songs. Yeah, or maybe they wouldn't even know what they are. And so I would have the privilege to share them. <laughs> That's uh, right. Teach them. So anyway, anyway, but it was. It was. It was we were talking about <laughs> right. being in sync with the spirit, but sync in with that with that idea. And so this is a similar idea as as first John comes to a close and it just kind of summarizes some themes throughout the whole letter, but just uh, r- reminds us this is all about our eternal life. And a, a quick reminder for for those uh, when we're with Christ, we don't believe in life after death as much as we believe in life eternal. Uh, so our life eternal starts as we uh, as we come out of the waters of baptism, right? We're, we're our eternal life is underway. It doesn't just start after death. There's a transition, a transformation that takes place when death comes, for sure. Um, but this idea of eternal life is so important. And so uh, the way we keep time is we keep the commands. Uh, the way we uh, keep time is we get back, make sure that the core of our faith is in place, that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and just kind of get back there. And, and that word believe is so important because it's not just ascribing to a set of notions that we keep track of in our heads. Uh, that believe is is what we believe, but it's also trust. Uh, that we are trusting God. It's uh, it's it's a way of, uh, it's action oriented. It's we we say it and we act on it. We trust and we invest. Uh, we we believe and we act. And so those two are brought together in that term believe. Um, yeah, isn't that yeah. isn't that something that we our church had talked about when we studied the Gospel of John? Yep. Uh, was it last year? We did the Gospel of John in the fall of two thousand. 17. Oh, wow. Because last year we did Acts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But and I just so, remember talking a lot yeah. about that word belief when we, when John was writing in, in the gospel about it being a very uh, action-oriented uh, verb. And so for it to pop up again in 1 John makes a whole lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm glad you brought that up because that was a big part of our journey through the gospel of John is thinking what it means to believe and trust and and act. Uh, it's a kind of a daring faith. Uh, it's, a, it's a faith that moves and, right, and, right. and goes places. And so, it, which makes sense because uh, what John and the other gospel writers do, and, and then here in First John, is our faith is oriented around a person uh, in Christ or a presence in the Spirit, not on a set of beliefs. A set of beliefs come out of our following of Jesus, but our orientation is around a person who is moving, doing things, uh, not just saying this is what you need to ascribe to in your minds. And so uh, that's a big part of this keeping time is believing. And then this idea that's very interesting in the text, it says, um, and his commands are not burdensome. Uh, and so I, I pause there and think, because there's, there's times in my life when I think it's a burden. Uh, it's like, man, it'd be so much easier if I'd, I didn't know of this command or know this was the right thing to do. Sometimes the right thing is the hard thing. And so uh, it, it's, it seems like there are times when it feels like a burden. Uh, and, and so this is a, a place for us to kind of kind of think through and push back a little bit. And I think what helps a little bit is the rest of that sentence, right? Context always matters. Right. And so after it says, are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And so I think that is the key to it not being a burden, is thinking about we are keeping the commands, even when it's hard at times to do, because we're among those that are overcoming all that is against us. And so the fact this is a reminder we're overcoming uh, is what helps it not be a burden. That's one level to it. But Yeah, and I was thinking there's a there's kind of like the stereotypical Christian outsider who looks in on the Christian faith or those that are practicing the faith and say, 
oh, I would never want to sign up for that. Because maybe there's this idea that the commands that we have subscribed to or the ones that we are are looking or, or uh, trying to follow daily are ones that are a burden. And not necessarily like they're, uh, I think maybe for these people, the people I'm, I'm stereotyping right now, that it's not uh, necessarily that they're really hard, but they're just not uh, good. Like they would be like, they're almost like a waste of time or like, why would, why would you, why would you subscribe to something like that? And so uh, to hear that first John say, no, these commands are not a burden for you. Uh, in fact, maybe they uh, are a blessing in your life. Maybe there's something that, that helps you to get to a place where you are overcoming the world. And so that's something that I, I don't want to brush over on Sunday mornings, I know you won't, and I want our conversations around tables to spend some time to think about how are commands of God not burdensome. Uh, and just think about the commands that were given in Scripture, uh, the things that we see Jesus do, things that we hear God uh, tell his followers. How are these commands actually not a burden? Be thinking even a step further, how are these commands actually a blessing in our life? And let's try to get specific about the different commands that uh, actually have been a blessing in our life, not a burden, not another to-do list that we have to follow on top of everything else in our lives. So it's, I'm excited to talk about that. It's an important question to, to be honest with because uh, your instinct to say, when I hear something's not burdensome, the laws of God or the, the commands of God are not the things that come to my mind as something that are just easy breezy, you right. know? Yeah. So yeah, I'll have more to say about it in the teaching time on Sunday and I know that those in breakouts will have more to say around tables, and so that, that should be a good conversation. And so the, the passage continues, and uh, kind of the second half of what we heard read uh, focuses on water, blood, and spirit uh, as witnesses. And witnesses, similar to believe, you know, kind of testifying or wit- witnessing uh, is a key term in both the Gospel of John and the letters of, of John. And so this idea you'll see a lot in the Gospel is Jesus will say, I testify on behalf of the Father. The Father testifies on behalf of, behalf of me. Right, and, right. and the Spirit, uh, especially, you know, in kind of 14 through 16 is talked about a lot. But in 16 verses 6 through 8, the Spirit testifies to truth uh, to, to the world. And so it's not just those that are with God the Spirit is testifying to. It's everyone. So the Spirit is testifying and convicting uh, to, to people, to all people uh, in the world. And so this idea of witnessing, testifying is so important to John and in, in this letter to John. And this, it's so interesting that water and blood kind of become personified in a sense is actual, they're the ones that are also witnessing uh, to something about Jesus. And so it's connected with Jesus. Uh, so this is just a fascinating couple of verses here uh, that, that we'll spend more time on Sunday with, but water uh, kind of connects back to Jesus' baptism uh, in a powerful way, uh, mm-hmm. and and so that's where the uh, the part of the Johannine community that, uh, that they all understood that the, the baptism of Jesus was believed, but then the death of Jesus was de-emphasized by those who left this community, and so that's where the blood comes into play. It's not just water; it's water and blood, and so he and so John is very clear in First John uh, several occasions. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice uh, for our sins, and so this idea of water and blood. Uh, and it's all about the spirit. So the spirit is actually the one testifying through the water and the blood about who Jesus is. And so, um, cause it, the spirit is the chief witness, but the water and blood is baptism and death, uh, which also connect to our own baptism. 
and then even our own experience of, of communion as we commemorate, remember uh, Jesus' sacrifice every week when we gather together in powerful ways. And so I just love this idea of how water and blood, baptism and death come together. And then in the Gospel of John, when his sight is pierced uh, in John 19, blood and water come out. So this in the Joannine community, this idea of blood and water coming together to let us know who Jesus is is so powerful. Yeah, and especially, like you said, especially in that community, but something that we have to think about today in our context is when we're not going through a church division between the nature of Jesus. We're not when we're not trying to uh, we're not disagreeing on the baptism of Jesus and the death of Jesus. We're kind of on the same page when that comes. Then the the testimony that really is going to speak a lot to us is going to be that testimony of the Spirit because right. the Spirit was working in the water and the blood in this community. But the question for us is, okay, now how is the Spirit testifying in truth to our church today? What does that testifying look like? Um, and yes, I think your connection with water and baptism and blood and maybe the, the time that we spend around the table for our communion uh, is a really big time of testimony. But what are the other ways that, that the Spirit is working to testify about the nature of Jesus, that he is the Son of God? How are we taking notice of that? Are we creating room for that to, to even happen? And so that's something that we're going to talk around on tables as well is what are what are the specific ways that the Spirit's testifying to us today in our church, a church that's not, uh, you know, going through this sort of turmoil that the Joannine community was going through? Absolutely. That's a great question to have people think about how the Spirit testifies to, to truth today. Uh, and we'll talk more about baptism in a little bit when we get to the challenge. But yeah. uh, the table experience is a, is a good one because different people share different stories each week, and it's a time where the Spirit is using different voices, different personalities, different experiences uh, to remind us of the truth that brings us around God's table. And so I, I think that's that's a great example. But there's other ones, too, uh, yeah. that we'll talk about on Sunday as well. But yeah. uh, And then, you know, those are the two main parts of the section we read. Uh, and then the part we didn't read um, includes this kind of final section. You know, in your Bibles, it may say concluding affirmations. I kind of think of it as kind of final thoughts, just kind of. As, as this letter is kind of wrapped up, and it's really, this letter doesn't really, it's more of a sermon in, in a sense because it doesn't begin and end like most letters begin and end. There's not this kind of long greeting or kind of conclusion that, I mean, it is right. a letter, but it's also almost like a, a sermon was recorded and then sent to, to the, the communities. And so uh, that's that's one way to think about First John. And so as it, it kind of gets to these final thoughts, kind of, hey, this is what I want you to take away uh, these are final encouragements for each other. Um, and there's just a few themes that kind of come out here. Uh, first, it talks more about testimony and how important that is. And then this kind of uh, concluding thoughts about, uh, I have written this so that you you who believe know uh, that you have eternal life. That when you believe and you act on that belief and, and keep the commands, you can have confidence. Confidence is a big thing in First John, uh, is this you know, back in chapter two, standing with confidence before God. In chapter four, um, this is, you know, this faith we have helps us uh, stand in confidence the day of judgment. And so I think that's a big part of this burdensome conversation as well is uh, when we follow the commands, we're confident. And that actually frees us. It becomes, you know, when we're not confident, you know, it's a burden. Talk about the sixth grade graduation, you know, it's it's a, it, being 12, that age, 13, yeah. it's a tough age. And so... Yeah. Uh, I just feel for those students who, when they were standing from that mural, who they didn't really, they weren't sure of themselves or 
not comfortable in their own skin enough to even do anything. You know, just my heart kind of goes out to them. If I can give, you know, people that age anything to be in a, you know, just a dose of confidence, just be okay with who you are, be okay with kind of how your, your, your gifts are, who, who you are as a person. And so yeah. uh, that's where the, the burden goes away when we have this confidence. Um, and so that's why this whole letter is given to this community and to us so that we can have confidence yeah. and not be burdened. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, this conversation about confidence is obviously directed towards a certain community. And so the, the things that First John is saying, just starting from chapter one all the way through, is uh, almost this just kind of plea for the people who have been left in this church those that uh, do believe in the water and the blood, the sending and the sacrifice, uh, it's it's kind of a, a pep talk of sorts. Like, hey, yeah, we're, we're left, and I don't want you to get uh, down on yourself about that. Here are the things. Here's a reminder of the things that we truly believe, and here are, here's why we believe them. Here's some, here's some further proof, some further testimony. And so one of the things that uh, I want us to talk about on Sunday morning is something that— uh, can maybe help us gain a little bit more confidence in the nature of Jesus, Jesus being the Son of God. And so we want to ask uh, those at our tables, what further testimony would we like to have concerning Jesus? Um, A lot of us maybe think, oh, if I could just uh, hear the voice of God loud and clear, like I'm listening to a podcast from him, that would be awesome. If I could have that testimony, a verbal testimony that I can hear with my own two ears, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, others uh, maybe aren't looking for that. Maybe looking for something a little bit more, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, spiritual. They want something to happen in their life. They want some, They want maybe someone to step into their life, and that would be a further testimony. I don't know. Um, I, I don't want this conversation to go into this realm of like, this is what is... Um, expected or like what is actually needed it's more like uh what would you like what type what further testimony would you want to see uh from jesus and and i think maybe there'll be some good uh almost camaraderie in our groups be like yeah i totally understand this is a for us to fully embrace and believe that jesus is the son of god takes testimony and so what are those uh, what are the things that we're still looking for listening for so that maybe we can fully embrace and have confidence in our identity as as children of God like first John says. Absolutely. And then there's ways as those are shared that we can maybe even encourage each other and be some of those testimonies for each other. And so I think that's That's a great point. Yeah. yeah that's a good uh, good conversation to look forward to. Uh well, as we always do is kind of wrapping up this this story. How do we want it to shape us? Well, the belief part of this is pretty straightforward as is the behavior, but um, I mean, it says it right at the beginning, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Um, and so this, this idea that that's, that's what the belief is, is just to get back to that fundamental core conviction uh, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. And as we think about belief, it's important to remember what belief means. It's more than just, yeah, in my mind, that's who I say I, I believe in. But how do we live our life? And so right. how we live is the testimony uh, that backs up what we say. We need both words and actions. It's not either or, uh, but how we demonstrate it, how we live it out, really shows that what we claim uh, matters. And so uh, that belief is both thought and action, which leads into the behavior uh, very directly. And so, you know, if we believe Jesus is the Son of God, then we keep God's commands. Uh, and, and that's that's how we 
stay in step with the Spirit, stay in step with the testimony that's coming from the Spirit. And then the last line of 1 John 5, verse 21, is, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Um, and it's just a fascinating way to end this whole, what I consider to be a sermon that's sent to these, this early, you know, these early churches and to us. Um, and so as we keep his commands, we also keep away from idols. Uh, in fact, the commands are given to us in order to love God and love neighbor, uh, right? And so as we keep those commands, they help us stay away from idols. Uh, the idols maybe look different in different times, different eras, but they all do the same thing. Uh, idols can be something bad um, that's destructive, uh, or that can be something good. And sometimes the good, the good things that become idols are even more dangerous because we don't think of them as idols. Uh, whether that idol might be something good like family or, or something good like work even. Or, there's all sorts of good things that can become idols. And so as we are living our life um, and keeping the commands, this final just thought from 1 John is just stay away from idols. Uh, I just love the way it ends with that. Yeah, the there's a reason why we keep the belief and behavior connected every week and in our conversations. Really, if we didn't want to be super specific, like we didn't want to actually break it down, we could just call it the belief statement because in at least in First John or in John's thought, right. it is so intimately connected. You can't have one without the other. So saying belief and behavior is really just a way for us to clarify, no, when we believe something, it means that we act a certain way. Right. So they're all really wrapped up. And it's something that we've we've done every week, and we're probably going to continue doing this for for as long as we meet. I think it's a good habit. It's a very good habit to have, to connect those two. And it's really one of the big reasons why we do our Sunday mornings the way we do them, right? We're looking for not more information. We're looking for transformation. We're looking for belief that turns into an action or behavior. We're going to... Almost end. We're getting to the end of uh, this season finale with some questions. We always like to have some little, have a little fun with our break open question, the icebreaker, the way that we can get into these kind of juicier questions that we deal with as we uh, listen to the message on Sunday. Here's the break open question for this week. Uh, it's a little odd, but I think it'd be a little fun for for at least Drew and I to have this conversation and those on Sunday. We're talking about keeping time. We're talking about uh, this kind of almost this difference between uh, waiting for an afterlife or beginning your eternal life now. And so uh, there's a way that we keep in step, we keep time, we keep the beat, and it's through these commands. And so in thinking about this kind of pace uh, of the Christian life, I wanted to ask this fun question about a really famous fable, um, Aesop's fable about the tortoise and the hare. You know this one, Drew? Uh, no, tell it to me. I, right, I, I've, never, I've never heard this. No, yeah. <laughs> Mostly that's like the first fable you, you're told, I believe. Like when, it's got to be. It has to be. It's, What's it, Can you even name another Aesop fable? I mean, there's a bunch, but I, not, there's you not... You can't, can you? There's not one coming to my, that's right. in my head. That's right. It's the only one. And so, they only uh, wrote one. I mean, it's like featured throughout, which... There's, and I have a lot of thoughts on this fable, but I'll, I won't share everything. I'll, sh- I'll share a quick synopsis of Go, those yeah, that yeah. don't know. It's it's the it's the kind of the story where slow and steady wins the race is the idea. So right, the tortoise and the hare are racing, and the tortoise goes at the same pace, really slowly the entire time, and ends up beating the hare because the hare is going so quickly and like it's distracted. And is that yeah, right? the hare runs around and takes a nap here, goes just whatever, which. And this fable always drove me crazy in a way because there's no race where actually the slowest one wins. Like in, there's no race where that actually happens. 
I mean, in this story, I know what, though, you I, run so fast at the beginning that then you take a nap. Is that what happens? He takes a nap, and then he's yeah, napping he's by the overconfidence. time. Overconfidence. It's like, oh, I got this. I can do whatever. I, I don't have to actually go finish because I'm so far ahead. Yeah, so he takes naps and does different things. and then right. I hadn't even forgotten the, the naps. The slow, I thought it was like distractions, but it's napping. I think you're right. I think it's a I think nap. it's napping. And it, but I, th- I think of it as distractions as well. Yeah. And so, uh, But yeah, so this, the slowest you know, animal in this fable wins. Slow and steady. Yeah, slow and steady. steady. So steady wins the race. Right. And so anyway, it's a frustrating. If there's two fast, two hares, one of them steady, one of them's not, it's the a, steady one wins. Yeah, it's a frustrating fable though. Anyway, the question yeah. is... Are you more a tortoise or are you more a hare? That's the question. Let me go first. Yeah, you yeah. go first. Okay. Well, on the literal level, I'm definitely more of a tortoise. Just if I were to be running an actual race, I would be more of the slow and steady, I guess. No, I just uh, say slow. Yeah, the slow part. So I, I had a You're the tortoise that like <laughs> takes also takes a nap midway. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm I'm the tortoise and the hare combined. Yeah. Uh, but I have, there's a family friend, a friend of my dad's who uh, when I was a, a teenager, would would make fun of me a little bit and say, "It's not that you're slow; it's just that you stay in the same place too long." <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, that was That's a good. recurring theme, which was a great line. And so it's true. You you often hear some people like, "Well, they're not fast, but they're quick." You know, you hear that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the I'm the rare <laughs> combo of, "Well, you're not fast, but you're also not quick." <laughs> So I, I, I'm neither, not, what does that mean? You're not fat. I'm neither what, fast nor quick. No, I, I get that. That's right. easy. I can, I can wrap my mind around, around you. <laughs> it's, it's more, yeah. who are the people that are fast, but not quick? It's, it's more acceleration. Is that what yeah. You about? get moving quick. Yeah. Like, uh, so once they get moving, they're fast, but it's hard to get moving. Like if they were to run a race, a lot of people might beat them. But if just you think about in football, maybe the, uh, the, the, 40. the slot receiver, yeah, uh, who, get, who gets separation quick? You know, Julian Edelman, who always is open, is quick. Yeah, but, yeah, and he's also fast. But but there's other people faster. <laughs> so let me. I, anyway, that's, that, that's I want to I want to talk a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna jump in on okay, your jump phys, in. on your kind of the physicality of this question, right? Because in my mind, I am at least as far as actually a race goes, I am definitely the hare, um, and mostly because uh, I am I'd probably be the one that is quick, not fast. Okay. Um, and maybe I'm not anymore, either of those things, but at, at, at some one point, point you were quick, I was yeah. quick. I was probably quick and fast at one point, but people would more say that I was fast. I don't know, but this is the culmination of how, when I think about the tortoise and the hare, I think about this, this one story, um, high school obviously is when I was the, you know, I ran the most, did the most. And then college, all I did was intramurals. And so it was, you know, every now and then I would play a sport and I'd get out of shape then get back in shape and things like that. Well, it was during the kind of the slow season of intramurals uh, where they do like the swim meet is one of them, which I was a swimmer in, in high school and so I can swim pretty well. But then they do... Do you the, swim quick or do you swim fast? Um, that doesn't translate, does it? It doesn't, not really. Because I'm quick off the blocks. Oh, maybe it does. You're a quick starter? Yeah, but okay. I'm also, I usually can maintain okay, it. Okay. But either way, cross country is my nightmare because all the sports yeah. that I would play are just their quickness really it's back and forth on a court or whatnot or even like baseball i mean it's just from one base to the other i mean you don't run that much um and so cross country is just a whole nother ball game and so i knew that i was there's no chance i would ever win this race i was forced to do it because my club said you need to you need to run this cross country race just something that we did for fun 
And all of there's one club that had all of the legit cross country runners. I mean, they came in, you know, with these tank tops and short shorts and yeah. these nice running shoes. And they were, I mean, they're amazing runners. They were going to win. But in my mind, I just wanted to be in the lead at least at one at one part of the race. I just wanted to say that I was I was in the lead at some point. So <laughs> right off the blocks, if we're all in the line, they go ready and they blow a you know a bullhorn or you something. Sprint. And I sprint all out sprint. And as I'm sprinting, I'm leaving everyone at my desk because they're facing themselves. And I'm just going, I'm winning. Like I would just yell that back at them, I got this, I'm in the lead. And it took about 10 seconds for everyone just to pass me because I gotten so tired from Running as fast as I can and taunting at the same time. So you literally were the hare. I was literally the hare for this story, and it yeah. was. I'll, I won't. Anyway, that's just a story that I'll remember forever. It's just so funny. And then that of course, is funny. I think yeah. I got. What was funny is I ended up being carried to the finish line because oh. I had run so fast that I then walked with a friend for a long time, and we didn't want to have last place. Like none of us wanted last place. So then I got on his back, or he got on mine, and we walked across the finish together. You could have done arm in arm. <laughs> I know, no, but carried. it was funny. I yeah. think they actually gave whoever was on the back last place, so it oh, didn't okay. really work. Okay. But anyway, physically, I'm definitely the hair. But I think in another way, I'm kind of the tortoise. And I think this is how I'd actually answer the question if I was thinking more right. fably. In yeah, a so way. you can answer the actual way, then I will. So okay, yeah. so I think I'm more actually the tortoise. Mostly because I uh, I said this, I think, last week on the podcast, and I get from my dad is I really do think things through before I just go in full speed. Like, I want to do it the right way, and I think the tortoise's way in my mind is the right way. It's where you, you're going slow and steady, but it's the right pace. It's the, it's the right way to do it, and I guess that's what the fable is all about. And so one of the things that uh, even this week I've experienced and said, oh, this is definitely how I do things, is I'm with my summer interns. These two college students, Monica and Landon, are with me this summer, and it's been really great so far, and we, they have some t- tasks that they have to accomplish, and one of them has to do with um, finding this like summer theme. What is the one central message that we want to leave our students with this summer. And that seems easy enough, right? What's the, something that I wanted, I want these teenagers to know? All right, I'll make sure to tell them this, this summer. Well, it's not that simple. It's not the way I operate. And so I have to go through the entire process, a process that we go through, you know, weekly really with, with messages and with breakouts. Right. It starts with, uh, you know, very foundational. Okay, what is it that we, what is it that we bring to the table? Then what do we share in common? Then how do we put that into words? Then how are we going to accomplish that? Then you take all of this information that we talked for about an hour and a half about one thing, and we boil it down to one sentence. We said, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And so everything that we're going to do this summer is going to filter through that. We could have easily, the sentence was so simple that it felt like I could have just said, just thrown it out there and go, that's what we're doing. But in my mind, no, that's not the right way you do it. You got to you got to take those slow and steady steps so that you can get to that finish line. And then that finish line is much more, uh, or that finished product, I guess, in this, in this case is much more complete and can, and can help you sustain that process right. or that race for longer. So I think, and that's kind of how I operate on most things. That's yeah, good. And I think slow and steady, you know, it does work on a level, even though the fable is frustrating for me. Uh, you think about one of my favorite ways to think about the, the Christian life or, uh, the faith as you live through life is a line from Eugene Peterson who calls it a long obedience in the same direction. <clears throat> and so I, I just love that. And that, that kind of 
connects back with slow and steady. But in actuality, if I were to actually answer, I'm I'm more like a hare in a lot of ways. I'm very impatient. Uh, you know, I, I, I've I've gotten better over the years at not letting that kind of wreak havoc on people around me. But that's it shows up in how I uh, read books. I'm reading twelve at a that's time. Very, yes, very so, true. So so I'm very much the hare, like just distractions. I, I'm going to chase this distraction. I'm going to. I'm going to read a chapter chapter here, and I'm not going to be slow and steady with this book. I'm going to I have to go over here and read this other book, and so uh, and so some books never get finished because of that. Uh, most books do, but there's some books that, and, and whatever reason, I just never finish. It. Just a, a quick detour. There's a line from a movie that I love, and it's Anthony Hopkins. I don't even remember the the movie, uh, but he's talking to a child on a porch or something. He's like a grandfather figure, um, and he talks about if you read a book and don't um, and, and don't get into it you know, after a few chapters, put it to the side, wish the author well and move on because there's so many books to read. You can't read them all anyway. And so if the book isn't really connecting with you, don't, don't feel like you have to finish it just because you started. So in some level, I do feel that way too. And so I don't have to finish everything, but I am, I'm definitely, I can be very impatient. Uh, In fact, I was in traffic the other day and I can be very frustrated in traffic like a lot of people, but uh, my son was sitting there and uh, and he goes, chapter 15, dad in traffic. And so, it's just a great line because as he thinks about writing a b- book about you go through life with me, chapter 15 would be dad in traffic. And so, That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, but I can definitely be more like the hare in, in a lot of ways. No, that, that makes sense. And I think, I think anyone who answers this question, they're going to see a little bit of themselves in different, in different things. But it's just a fun way to start talking uh, with one another and really get this idea of, of keeping time is kind of this tortoise move in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's really what we're trying to get at. What are these commands? Right. What is this this beat that we keep throughout the Christian life that, that keeps us on, on course uh, or on the path? Um, I want to also talk a little briefly about our featured question. Uh, all the questions we already mentioned before will be a part of our Sunday morning experience. But there's one question we want to spend a little bit more time on. Uh, obviously, I don't know how much, Drew, do you have a guess how long we've been talking so far? Probably about an hour. Yeah, we've gone an hour, which is normally when we'd end, but it's the season finale. So we'll go a little bit longer. We do what we want. Yeah, we'll give our listeners a treat. This is yeah. <laughs> this is a treat. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but it is. It is, yeah. Uh, the featured question this week is, how does your obedience to God affect your love for others? And then how does your obedience to God and your love for others help you stay away from idols? So let's just start with that first one. And if you have anything to add about that that kind of addition with idols, uh, feel free to, Drew. But how does your obedience to God affect your love for others? Uh, because that's kind of the test that First John sets in front of us is um, you, you want to know whether you uh, are actually loving God's children. You want to know if love is actually in your life. Well, then are you keeping his commands? And so how, do, how are those going to be connected uh, in your mind, Drew? Yeah, so I mean, First John is very clear, as you said about this. If you love God, you have to love your brother or sister. I mean, we're called to love everyone, but our love starts with those that we're journeying through life with as people of faith, and and we we have to love the per- person next to us if we claim to love God. And so, our obedience to God does affect our love for others because it's it's an act of obedience to the one who loves us. And so, as First John four makes clear, uh, this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. And so, God's love comes first. We respond to God's love by loving God. And if we love God, we're going to love each other. And so that's that's where it connects. And then that second part, 
How does your obedience to God and love for others help you stay away from idols? I, I like that connection because we're in this race together. And think about the tortoise and the hare. You know, we're in this race together and slow and steady wins. And so we help each other not get distracted or, or take naps or breaks from following Christ, right? And so uh, we're in this race together. And so uh, we encourage each other. And so when we love each other, we're helping each other stay away from idols. We're helping each other stay in obedience to God. And so uh, that's where it becomes this kind of ultimate encouragement to stay, stay away from idols is uh, by actually loving each other. And it all starts with God's love for us. And so I, I just love how those three kind of go together. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about how, you know, there's a there's a part of this question that seems incredibly obvious, right? How does your obedience to God affect your life for others? Well, obedience to God is loving others. So obviously it would affect it because when I think of God's commands, loving others is a huge one, you know, so right. obviously it should affect the other one. But I want to think a little bit outside the obvious just for a second because I think it still it still works and it, and it uh, shows this connection even further. Um our obedience to God outside of love, there's still some other aspects of our life that are affected when we decide that we want to obey God's commands. A few that I just thought immediately thinking about the life of Jesus or even um, what God told uh, his people of Israel to be like uh, in the Old Testament. Um, being committed to something like Sabbath or being committed to something like rest um, does influence the way that you love other people. Um, it's a lot of, you know, the non-church world would call it self-care. You know, like you got to take care of yourself yeah. before you can take care of others. Mindfulness is a big theme in our world today. Yes. Yeah, self-care, have mindfulness, meditation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But there's there's some biblical truth in this where we realize that if we don't serve and love out of a place where we feel loved or a place where, where we understand our identity as God's children – then our love for other people won't be as powerful or as potent. And so like a command like rest affects the way that we love others. A command or an example like humility drastically affects the way that we love others. Uh, is our love, um, you know, self-serving in a way? Well, then that's not it. Then we're not really fully following, uh, you know, God's commands uh, to be those that put ourselves second or put ourselves last. Uh, and there's lots of other commands that you can think of like okay this maybe not be connected specifically with love but i would almost guarantee it that there's an aspect of it that would help us to love our neighbors in a way it's why all the commands all of god's law hangs on those two things about love of god and love of neighbor Uh, i don't think jesus would say that if there wasn't some sort of connection between god's commands and the way that we ultimately love our neighbor so uh though there is a kind of a surface level uh, way to think about this question, I would encourage those to think a little bit deeper. What are the commands of God that are helping us love one another that are outside just this idea that God says, no, love that person, love right. that person. What are, what are we, what else are we called to do that actually enhances, enhances our life or enhances the love that we have uh, for one another? Yeah, that would be an interesting kind of undertaking to think through uh, the different commands. And there's the, the, especially the ones that seem as if they're just focused on us as individuals. Uh, is how they do connect to loving other people. Because I think you're right. I think on some level, all of them will help us love love others. And, you, you know, you mentioned the, even the Ten Commandments. Uh, I read this in Patrick Miller. I've never actually gone back and, and looked at this. But he, he talks about how in the Hebrew, the giving of the Ten Commandments, the first word is God and the last word is neighbor. It, you know, so the Hebrew even lets us know it's all about God and neighbor. And I, I just, I yeah. think that's, uh, that's a good way to think 
think through it. Um, but yeah, our our whatever we're doing affects our love for each other. Uh, and I think that'd be an interesting undertaking. Yeah, there's been some. Oh, there's been a lot of great work that's been done with the Ten Commandments, and so many different ways to look at it. And and there is, and that's just like kind of the most famous commands, like the most famous laws. Yeah. But I mean, you know, take the life of Jesus, take oh, take the prof- the things that the prophets are are sharing uh, from or to the people. So anyway, it's all over. So I, I'm I'm excited to see maybe what commands jump out to our uh, our church on Sunday. Those that that kind of point us towards love. And we live in a, a country that emphasizes individualism, it, you know, and so we have to think about our faith as being communal, and that's that's featured throughout the the Bible. And there is no there is no picture of faith outside of community. There there isn't one. And so um, you think about what grieves the spirit, like Ephesians four, don't grieve the spirit, and then it goes on a list. All those things that grieve the spirit are how we treat each other, you know, like rage or anger or all these other just mistreatments of other people, that's what grieves the Spirit. Or even the fruit of the Spirit. All those things are how we are in community together. Gentleness, kindness. Yeah. Self-control might seem to be individualized, but but we, we control ourselves. We don't wreak havoc on other people. Right. And so right. uh, it, it's just so fundamental to what it means to be a person of faith is it means you're part of a community. Um, and we tend to think of it sometimes as, as an individual, I'm a person of faith, and then kind of the next level is to be part of a community. Sometimes we think of it that way. Um, but no, they go together. If we're a person of faith, we're a person in community. And so uh, and anyway, the breakouts will help us kind of think through this as well. And I yeah. love, we'd love to be part of these conversations. Um, yeah. We're going to uh, close out with um, the challenge, as we always do. Um, the challenge this week is connected specifically with that kind of that that weird metaphorical type part that we find in the passage. I think when you read the passage, this is the part that sticks out as the strangest to me. And yeah. it's that whole conversation about water, blood, and spirit. We talked a little bit about it in this episode, but and Drew will talk about it more, but our challenge connects directly with that little portion of this passage. Drew, would you explain what the challenge will be for this week? Absolutely. So baptism is one place where the three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood come together. And so obviously we see the connection with the water. Um, It's where the water testifies because uh, water is a part of baptism. Um, But also the blood is there in a way because you think about what happens at baptism that we're we're somehow unified, connected, we're sewn together with uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And so as we go under the water, we're united with Christ's death, and it, it atones for our sins. And so that's where the blood comes into play. And we think often think of uh, kind of baptism is, is kind of washing away the, the blood of Christ is washing away our sins. And so, uh, and as also where the Spirit, the Spirit is connected with baptism. Um, you know, and, and Jesus is baptized. The Spirit has this moment with Jesus. You, you know, this is my Son whom I love. Uh, you know, the Spirit is connected with us. Uh, when we're baptized. And so uh, all three come together in a very unique and powerful way at baptism. And so our challenge is about baptism. If you haven't been baptized, consider being baptized. Uh, Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe this, kind of respond in faith and, and, and choose baptism to, to embrace this life with Christ. If you have been baptized, remember your baptism and tell your story to someone in your small group or a friend. Just share that story and uh, and remember that time and, and, and how ever since, you know, we've learned more about what it means to be baptized, but just share that story. And then, and all of us, let's all pray for more baptisms here at Care Church. Um, so our challenge this week is just intricately connected with 
the three that testify and how they come together in baptism. Yeah, uh, a few things I was thinking about as you were talking is the baptism that Jesus experienced and even the baptism that maybe the community of First John was thinking about is one that only would include water and spirit, right? Like there, there's right. the sending of, of Jesus and it's, and it's shown through a baptism of water and then the spirit comes down onto Jesus. And that's the event that was really special, at least to very special to half of this community. And then it's, I think it's just, you know, I don't know when the transition happened, but nowadays because of thoughts of Paul and thoughts of Peter, we have an intimate connection between the death, burial, and resurrection where blood has been inserted into the, the tradition of, of baptism. So right. it is really cool that you, you kind of do experience all three in that moment, which is, which is not maybe the reality of, of the baptisms of the church of, of first John, right. Uh, necessarily not yet. Maybe those connections weren't being made right. at that, at that point. Um, and then a few things about baptism, just because I'm thinking about my students a lot right now and how that's a big, uh, you know, we talk about that a lot because a constant reminder that baptism is not the, uh, you've not arrived when you've been baptized. Um, it is not this idea of afterlife where things happen, you know, now and you're waiting for something else to happen. Baptism is the beginning of, of eternal life. Um, not the stamp of approval so that afterlife happens in, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, you know? So that's just a, a really important thing to remember that when we talk about keeping time, this baptism that we encourage those to maybe think about is not something that you're trying to get to so that you feel like you've arrived, that you understand the nature of Jesus completely, uh, but that it is a commitment that, no, this is what I believe and I'm ready to start eternal life today. And so that's a big, um, one big thing to think about. And then lastly, this is the last thing I wanted to say about this uh, challenge, is the story of your baptism is a really cool way to talk uh, to your brothers and sisters in Christ in, uh, in our small groups. Right. So uh, I know sometimes for the summer, small groups are a little bit uh, here or there. People are traveling and whatnot. But really, the challenge portion of our Sunday mornings is a great place for our small groups to live. And so uh, I would encourage our small groups that get together to make that a really a part of their uh, gathering time this next week is, no, let's talk about our baptism. Let's talk about the, the moment where we joined water, blood, spirit, the moment where we confess Jesus is the Son of God. And those in our groups that maybe have not made that confession or maybe have a different understanding of baptism, uh, what a great way to just share in a more kind of organic way. Now, this is how I experienced this, how you experienced it. How do we feel about this? How, 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 what can we learn from one another? And those in our groups who, who need to hear more about this commitment, this start of eternal life, what a great way to, to start that conversation, not preaching at them, but sharing your own experience. Absolutely. Your testimony. It so, gets back to the testimony. Oh, idea. yes, yeah. absolutely. So anyway, that was... That was a lot for me about the challenge. Usually it's a, it's a, you usually take it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. But I, anyway, I'm no, excited I like, for this That's week. good. And uh, so we're kind of getting to the end of our season finale here. Before you finish up with the final thoughts, what is happening in, in front of you? Your eraser exploded or something on yeah, your pencil? So all this for an hour now, I guess, there's the eraser, you know, the erasers and normal pencils, if you, you can take them out sometimes. So I was messing with it and it came out and then I just used, did you not do this as a kid or something? Like you would like twist it in your, in this little metal cap. Yeah. 
and it would shred. And so I've just been shredding it all okay. this time. And it only comes out like a cheese grater, these little tiny holes in the pencil. Anyway, so my just the table in front of me just is, a, looks, is a complete mess. It's a mess. So those of you, we're in the Plano, Plano breakout room. If you're in here and you see eraser, like, I don't know, gratings. That's me because I also just put it on the floor yeah, too. Just that's, come find Jaron and blame him for it. Yeah, I was getting anxious. We've been, we've, Moose is where is. I was about to say, yeah. yeah, that's where Moose gets it. Yeah, he's running off on me, but uh, oh, they're they're with the eraser. This is the end of season one. We will be back in the fall with season two of Considerable Thought. We'll be back better than ever. Uh, maybe there'll be some. We'll shake it up the the kind of I don't know routine a little bit. We'll see what happens. I think we've come to a groove, so I don't want to ruin it. But uh, I'm always looking to, oh, yeah. to evolve a little way. Well, I'm going to want to add something different or do something a little bit differently. It just fits my distractions. And That's right. I like to think You're differently. The so You're the, the hair. hair. So, yeah. Uh, Drew, you, we've teased this a bunch. I'm putting you on the spot right now. The Care Church, another Care Church podcast, Drew's side project. Where are you? Where are you? Where's your heart leading you right now? Something will happen. Uh, it, it will. We will do something. It's that's, not gonna, that's comforting. Yeah. <laughs> So it won't be weekly by any stretch, but uh, but uh, yeah, there's it's still an idea phase. But basically, I'm just going to have different people sit down and, and have conversations, and it may be connected to Sunday, it may not be. Um, and so uh, I don't know what the title of it will be, um, but it'll be uh, yeah, we'll have something that we will share with everybody uh, throughout the summer. Cool, I'm excited. And if you do that, I can possibly listen to it while I'm you know that's right traveling around at camps on the mountains serving. In Marble Falls. And if we ask for, like, uh, listeners to send in questions, maybe you can send in a question. Oh, you know I will. Okay. For sure. I'll make all the youth group listen to it, like, with me. Oh, <laughs> even better. Okay. Anyway, that's something to look forward to this summer. Thank you so much uh, just for everyone who has been really supportive of this kind of adventure. This is something that was kind of, I don't know, it was a suggestion to us by a few people just those that wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the Sunday morning experience. Uh, they wanted an inside look at the making of at Care Church. And and this is what we came up with, something that we gave yep. it a shot. Behind and the music, so to speak. That's yeah. right. And we've had a lot of fun with it. And the support that we've had from those in this congregation has been really encouraging to me uh, personally, and I'm sure to, to Drew as well. So uh, just thank you for that. Uh Please talk to us a little bit about um, maybe some things that you would like to see from this podcast in the future. Uh, maybe something where uh, the additional Care Church podcast, what's something that you would love to hear uh, your church family tackle uh, maybe in this medium. Anyway, I'm just very, very thankful and I love listening, love hearing that people are listening. I love talking to them more and more about God's word. And this is just a way that we get to do that. And so it's been a blast. Thank you to everyone. Uh, I wanted to like thank our sponsors, but we don't have any. Um, so if you want to sponsor us, we we would love sponsors. <laughs> Mostly yeah. just because I want to I want to be able to thank a sponsor, and yeah. I don't have that yet. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you can uh, catch up uh, on all the latest episodes on all of these different podcast services. I think we're pretty much everywhere now. I can't think of one that we're not on, which is really great. Yeah, so, and if you if you have something, if you really do want to sponsor, so like with a business or a company you have, you can literally reach. Uh, dozens of listeners. Um, I don't even know if that's true. I know it's dozens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was millions, you could still say dozens. That's true. You know what I mean? Always go small and then you just know it's still true. Yeah. Is there something smaller than dozens? 
uh, digits. You can reach. You can reach single handfuls. digits. You can reach. Yeah, you could reach. You could reach my mom and Jaren's mom. <laughs> if, if, if you want to sponsor some, this let us know. Yeah. Our moms will appreciate it. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Sunday mornings, ten a.m. at Care Church, all summer long, and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we'll be here. That's right. Uh, until then, take care.